0: and draw you close to the Lord as you open your heart to God's Word and His Spirit. Talk the Word of God, I boldly confess, my mind's alert, my heart's receptive, and I'll never be the same. I'm about to receive the indestructible, the incorruptible, the ever-living seed, the Word of God, and I'll never be the same, never, 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 in Jesus' name. If you believe it, say amen. Amen. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 is where we're going to begin today. I've got a word from the Lord, and I'm just thankful that where I may fell short in my own humanity... The Holy Spirit will drive home His Word into your and my heart. Amen? Luke chapter 1, verse 26 is where we're going to begin. And simply, I want you to know this today. For with God, nothing is impossible. That sounds good, doesn't it? For with God, nothing is impossible. You think I need the handheld? My wife's saying I need the handheld. What do y'all think? Is it fine? Okay. All right. Everyone good? Front to back? Okay. All right. We're good. All right. Don't get me in trouble with my wife now. Uh Uh-oh. For with God, nothing will be impossible. You know, humanity came up with the word impossible. There is no such thing as impossible with God. If you really stop and think about it, what we classify as impossible, what we think is impossible, what crosses and flashes across our mind or even our hearts, God forbid, as impossible, is not of God, by God, from God. With God, all things are possible. And we're going to look today, much like Pastor did last week, we're just going to go through a very familiar portion of Scripture, particularly around what we hear and study around Christmas time. And we're going to look at some Bible principles, just like we did last week, of what the Word of God is showing us here in a very, very familiar story. Much, much more than just, you may think, just a Christmas story. How many knows everything that we celebrate around Christmas, just like Easter, is to remind us of what God has and is doing in our life as written in His Word. Amen? So Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Let's begin. We're going to read a couple verses and then we're going to get right into it. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused or betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. We talked a lot about Joseph last week. I like Joseph. He's a good man. And the virgin's name was Mary. Verse 28. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, or rejoice, or good news, glad tidings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, the angel, she was troubled at this saying, at this greeting. How many might would be a little startled if an angel showed up right in the midst of your house? Regardless of what he's saying, you know, let alone an angelic being. If anybody just showed up at your house unannounced, you might be a little startled, let alone a, a messenger from heaven saying and in cast in her mind she thought about what manner of salutation or greeting this should be what does this mean what's going on here verse 30 and the angel said unto her fear not mary for you have found favor with god and behold you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name jesus and he shall be great how many knows jesus is great He shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give Him the throne of His father David. And He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of His kingdom there shall be no end. Amen. Amen. Verse 34, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that Holy One which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. And behold, your cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Verse 37, For with God nothing shall be impossible." And to conclude, verse 38, And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. For with God nothing shall be impossible. What we just read, I want to show you a few things from what we just read. The first thing I want you to see is this. God's not afraid of what we call impossible. We've, I just kind of preface with it, there isn't really anything that God considers impossible. He's not intimidated. He's not caught off guard. He, you won't have a situation that comes up where God says, Oh man, if it was just a little lesser trouble, I could have handled it. But that, that's just a little too much for me. There's nothing impossible with God. God, in fact, He initiates, He begins with, He starts with what we call impossible. Or anyone calls impossible. God says, to the darkness, light. You look all through scriptures. God begins with what man calls impossible. Jesus spoke to the dead. Live! Jesus spoke to Gideon. Gideon, you've got too many soldiers. Well, Lord, there's 185,000 Midianites. We've only got 30,000, 33,000, too many. All right, let's dwindle it down. 20,000. Too many. 10,000. Too many. How many, Lord? 300. That's impossible. Sounds pretty good to me. Well, how many swords should we take? Don't take swords. Take pots with flame torches down inside the pot. We're not cooking, Lord. We're fighting. Ah, No problem. God starts with the impossible. God starts where the human mind ends. Ephesians 3 tells us that that God has prepared, has in store, available to us, beyond anything we can ask or imagine for. He begins with the impossible. Look at this. You'll see this in chapter 1 verse 26. And the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God. God had the idea, I'm going to use a virgin to bring forth Christ Jesus. The Word will become flesh through a virgin pastor talked about it in detail last week. I'm going to do something that can't be done to bring about someone that can save the earth because of what the earth has done. I'm going to bring about salvation in a way that man can't bring about. I'm going to use a virgin to have a child. He began with the impossible. And if you see right there, He sent His angel... Psalms 107 verse 20 says, He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. God has sent His Word. Just like He sent to Mary an angel, and that angel in glorious, perfect obedience did what? Delivered the Word of God. And to an impossible situation, God said, this is what I'll do. This is where I'll begin. I'll begin at a point that man can't operate at. And it makes you come to a place where you think, am I even in faith until I've gotten to the point of impossibility? And I don't know exactly where. I'm still meditating that on myself. But I think lots of times, things we may ask God for and pray about don't necessarily need faith but discipline. You know, one of the fruit of the spirits is self-control. There's some things we may ask God for that if we just put His word into practice, we would receive the blessing of it. Amen? You think about it's so simple because it, it's in our life every single day. But you think about the area of finances or money. You might be saying, what? Sydney might have someone come up and say, uh, try to make a, a, a demand on their account, a withdrawal. And Sydney, is precious and as sweet as her smile is, she'll say, I'm sorry, I can't fulfill that withdrawal. You've got zero dollars in the account. Well, that person could say, well, bless God, I'm going to march around this bank seven times and shout, prosperity in Jesus' name. But if they don't go to work and make some money and then take that money and put it in the account, they're not going to have anything in there. Sometimes we don't need faith for something we're asking for. We need a little bit of discipline. Amen. I've been speaking to this belly, but it's still hanging around. Why? Why? Because I haven't stopped this mouth from moving as much as it's moving. Lord, help me, especially during Thanksgiving and Christmas. I mean, I, you know, we read about Jesus multiplying the five loaves and two fishes. I think someone's multiplying pies and cakes and cookies in my kitchen. <laughs> and I believe in overflow, but I don't want to be the overflow. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Sometimes we need discipline. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Amen. But with God, He begins, He starts with what is impossible. Now, in order to fulfill something Laura and I made in covenant with the Lord, I'm going to share a little bit today because I believe it's going to be powerful for her and I because we're going to act in obedience. It's going to be powerful for you here and anyone watching listening or anyone who may listen because testimony... About God's fulfilled word brings faith. And so, you know, I'm gonna go in just a little bit of detail, but you understand, we're, you know, just like anyone else, there's some things we'd rather not share, and I don't think I have to share everything to make the point and put it across. But let me share with you something that, that Laura and I used in our life to bring about, praying to pass the promise of God. And that promise, named Naomi, who was just crying out a little bit before I got up here, it's amazing. I knew her cry. When you hear something at three in the morning, many times over, you begin to know what that cry means. Now, I know it's her. Mama knows what it means. I just know she's crying. Mama says, no, that's a hungry cry. Right, mamas? That's a sleepy cry. That's all the above. She's hungry, wet, and sleepy. Oh, I thought she was just upset. Let me read you this. It was in the year, get my dates right, 2019, that Laura connected with a a lady named Jenna who's part of a ministry of Miracle Word Ministries, the ministry of Ted and Carolyn Shuttlesworth. There's some evangelists that we're connected with, love them, appreciate them, count them as friends, and Jenna, working for their ministry, created this confession. How many of is confessing God's word works? Can't nobody tell me any other way. And she was believing God for children. Now her testimony, public, open, she shared it. She continued to believe God and speak God's word over her life even in the midst of some stillborn children, some miscarriages, but now she holds two children today. And she created this confession and she was talking about it on a podcast and Laura was listening to it and, of course, Laura, she listened to that and she just consumed it and ate it up and she took action on the Word of God. And she got this confession, put it in her phone, and I said, you need to send that to me. And we began to speak that over our lives every single day apart and together We would wake up in the morning, say it together. Before we'd go to bed, say it at night. Anytime, anything that tried to come in our mind or heart that would tell us otherwise that God has promised us children, if it tried to come across our mind, we would just immediately confess it to crush any type of fear that might try to seed itself in us. And so this is the confession that we would say over and over again. I confess, now this was written from the perspective of the mother. I may change the pronouns a little bit from being from dad's side. And lots of times we, I would confess it plural. We confess with our mouth that this year we will hold our testimony in our hands. We declare in the mighty name of Jesus that we'll have a beautiful, strong, healthy baby born out of my wife's womb. I changed that from my perspective. She will have a complication-free pregnancy and delivery. Lord, we thank you ahead of time for it. We have seed sown and we will reap the harvest we will have our miracle. Just like the women in the Bible, Hannah, Sarah, Rebecca, we too will have our own child. And they will love the Lord and live for Him. We'll testify to the world, this is where we're taking obedience on, about our miracle that could not have been done without the miracle-working power of Jesus. And our testimony will turn unbelievers into believers. And it will be a gateway to lead people to the Lord. Use us, Father. We declare it's done and our baby's on the way. Now, for anyone that might think, well, that might not work, we've got right at 11 pounds of proof back there and plenty of dirty diapers. I'm a firm believer in pushing down the trash can when it gets full. Who pushes down the trash can? That's probably a man thing. I've learned you don't push down a a diaper genie. When it's full, you don't try to push it down to get more room, not with your hand. My goodness, I did that once and never will again. We've We've got proof of our miracle. And, we, and, and Laura took action on that, and when she got a hold of that, immediately I began to see post-it notes everywhere. In the bathroom, in the closet, in the car, on the nightstand, of different things. Psalms 113.9, The Lord makes the barren woman to be a keeper of house and a joyful mother of children. And I began to pray in my prayer time the same thing. Psalms 112. Three, Lord, I thank You that my children are blessed. That You've given me wealth and inheritance and children. I would begin to confess, you know, Lord, I thank You that children are an inheritance of the Lord. And in the hands of a righteous man, they're like arrows in his quiver. And I thank You, Father, my quiver's full. Psalms 128. I remember Jesse saying this in his front yard a few years back. My wife is like a a, a vine growing up, uh, bearing fruit, and my children around my table growing up. Psalms 128. We began to confess the Word of God, regardless of what any report told us. Because God begins with the impossible. Amen. When man says, it can't be done, God says, no problem. No problem. And we began there. We began to accept the truth. And the reality is in Luke 1, 26 and 27, God sent His angel to tell Mary, this is what I'm going to do. And it's an impossible thing with man. The Lord has spoken some things into your life and if you told anyone about it, they wouldn't say, huh, how's that going to happen? Genuinely asking. They would say, how's that going to happen? Same words, different spirit. Amen? One's ridicule. Another, genuine curiosity. In fact, so much, we began to stand on the Word of God that I heard point blank. It just came out of my wife's mouth. She said, I'd believe I'd have children even if I didn't have the organs inside to have children. Because God's Word says we could. Now, God begins with the impossible. He sent His Word to declare what He's going to do. God drew a line in the sand before anyone said anything else. Think about salvation. It wasn't your idea or my idea that God would save mankind. It was His idea. It was His idea that He would say, I'm going to save these people from their sin. I'm going to do something none of them can do for themselves. They could try. They could give their body, what does it say, for a sacrifice, burn themselves, give all their possessions away. But if that love of God does not come on the scene, it won't change anything. Turn with me to Romans 5, verse 6, so we can see this. Romans 5, verse 6. We're going to make good time today. Romans 5, verse 6. God starts with the impossible. Verse 6, For when we were yet without strength, I didn't have the strength, you didn't have the strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Salvation was God's idea. A Messiah to save Israel was God's idea. And to use a woman who would have no connection with a man, natural ability, to bring forth the Son of Man, Christ Jesus, was God's idea. Verse 7, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. You might find someone who might give their life for a righteous person. Perhaps for a good man, Some would even dare to die. A righteous person, you might find a few people that might give their life for a righteous person. You might find one or two persons that might consider it if they're a good good person. But verse 8, God commended or commanded or sent His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God began with the impossible. God provided an atonement for something that we couldn't do for ourselves. We couldn't save ourselves. Amen? And God did what no man could do. God's always doing what no man can do. That's the, that's the business of God, is doing what no man can do. Now, let's keep on. If you haven't made a mark, and if you've you got a ribbon, make a mark at Luke 1, because we're going to be in and out of that all this morning. If you'll look at verse 28, I want you to see the second thing that I saw here. And the angel came unto her and said, Rejoice! Good news! You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Mary thinks about this. What's going on here? Jump to verse 30. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I'm here to tell you today that you found favor with God. If you call on the name of Christ, you found favor with God. You have found favor with God. He has poured out His love and saving grace for all of mankind so that if anyone would call on the name of Christ, they shall be saved. Amen. Which means you have found favor with God. Before you, were, before you were even saved and dead in sin, anyone in the listening to my voice, if you're dead in sin, you still found favor with God. Now there is a judgment to sin and he doesn't want to p- push out that judgment, but he must because he's righteous. But it's not because you haven't found favor with God. Because God's already moved on the behalf of humanity to save them. 2 Peter 3.9 tells us, For God is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but He wishes that all should be saved and none perish. He doesn't want anyone to die. Mankind has found favor with God. God has turned towards mankind. And Romans 8 tells us this, If God has given us His Son, what good thing would He withhold from us now? You have found favor with God. In fact, if you would look in the Greek there in verse 28, highly favored means full of grace. You've been filled with grace because you've been filled with Christ. What is grace? What is favor? It's spiritual empowerment to see God's truths come to pass in your life. In fact, turn with me to Ephesians 1. Again, holding your place at Luke 1. I want you to see this idea of full of grace. Bestowed with favor. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. God has put favor on your life. God's given you favor. God gives favor for the impossible. God starts with the impossible and God gives favor. He gives grace. He gives power for you so that what man says is impossible will come to pass in your life. I'm talking about the miracle-working power of Christ will come to pass in your life because of the grace of God. You know, we believe in divine healing, amen? And divine health, amen? We're believe we thankful for medicine. Nurses and doctors, amen? Got some nurses here ourselves. We're thankful for them. We're thankful for medicine. Thankful for stitches and such not. But we believe that the hand of God can move on your body, on my body, to rid it from sickness and disease and illness. Because Jesus paid a price with His flesh. He made a pit stop at the whipping post for our healing before He paid for our sin. You think about that. He thought of your healing before the saving of sin. Now, it's all together, you understand it. But He stopped and He bore 39 stripes on His back on the way to the cross. The robe which He wore which had no seam, a robe fit for a king, for He was was taken and gambled over. He, was, he that was rich was made poor so that you might be made rich before He paid for the sin. If you look at it, everything, the chastisement of His peace was on Him. Everything that Christ has provided, righteousness, peace and joy, provision and healing, freedom from fear and anxieties, fullness in your relationships He provided it all on the way to Calvary. And then paid the final debt of sin. You've you've got grace from God. You've got favor from God. Don't let anyone, anything, any news headline, any social media post, don't let anything that is here today and gone tomorrow and changes constantly make you think you don't have favor with God. If He has given Himself through His Son to you, you've got favor. Ephesians 1 verse 6, "...to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved. He has bestowed on us grace, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace." Not the poverty of His grace, not enough of His grace, Just to get by grace, the riches of His grace, the fullness of His grace. Verse 8, wherein He has abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence. God is abounding towards you in grace, in favor. He has released unto you everything that's in heaven through Christ. There's nothing else to give. He's done it all in Christ Jesus. God began with, begins with the impossible. God gives favor for the impossible. Again, just a word mankind uses. Impossible is not in the language of faith, not in the vocabulary of faith, other than, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. I want you to see this. Luke 1, look at verse 20. Well, excuse me, Luke 1, verse 30. Mary was highly favored. You're highly favored. God has no favorites. Amen. In fact, uh, let me just read this to you. Romans 2.11 as you're looking at verse 30. Romans 2.11 says, For God ha- shows no respecters of persons. The Amplified says, For God shows no partiality, undue favor or unfairness. With Him, one man is not different from another. The Living Bible says, For God treats everyone the same. I'm thankful for that. The New Living Bible says, For God does not show favoritism. What God has done for one, He'll do for you. If you come to God on the same merits that anyone else comes to Him, by faith, on His Word, He'll do for you what He's done for someone else. Now look at this. Luke 1 verse 30. And behold, excuse me, And the angel said unto her, Fear not. Impossible things can bring fear to the natural mind. Things that are naturally impossible that can't be done by our human hands can cause fear in the natural mind. But that's why we renew our mind and redeem our mind by the Word of God. In fact, I wrote, favor destroys fear. Favor destroys fear. Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Replace any fear you have with the understanding that you have favor with God. For God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Of power. God's given you favor. He's made you full of grace. For Christ is on the inside of you for the impossible things of this life. To receive healing even when someone says it can't be done. Incurable diseases are only found in man's definitions. There is no such thing as incurable, incurable with God. There is no such thing as too late for God. There is no such thing as not enough for God. Oh, if He can make something out of completely nothing, what does He need other than your faith? Believing in His Word. God gives you favor for the impossible. Look at this, verse 34. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be? seeing I know not a man. Now this is important. Because if you go home and you read the entire chapter of Luke 1, which I would encourage you to do, you'll see in Luke verse 18, you're right, you got it right there at 34, look at verse 18. There's another miracle that takes place in Luke 1.18. Zacharias and Elizabeth, Elizabeth and Mary are related... King James has cousins, but they're related on their mother's side somehow. And Zacharias and Elizabeth are in old age, but they've been desiring a child for a long time from God. Now an angel comes to Zacharias and he tells Zacharias, "Your prayers is answered. Your prayers are answered. You're going to have a child. You're going to call his name John, and he's going to be a prophet. He's going to be full of the Holy Ghost from the womb. Hey, that's a good prayer to pray for your children. Fill them even now with the Spirit, Lord. Amen. Amen. Every, all, all the time, Naomi's a great smiler. She smiles really good. And it's not just gas. People say, it's not just gas. It's not. She's old enough to smile, right, Laura? She's smiling. And I'll, I'll smile at her. I'll say, Naomi, Jesus loves you. You know that? Jesus loves you. And you love Jesus, don't you? And then I pray, Lord, I thank you, you fill her with your spirit. Now, Zacharias, he said in verse 18, he said, how will I know this? Now, what's important here is, you understand there's some translation things going from Greek and English from the manuscripts here. But if you look at it plainly, Zacharias says, impossible. Can't happen. Why? I'm an old man. Now, he was a little... He was a little uh, polite here. He said, I'm an old man, and my wife's well along in years, too. At least he didn't say, I'm an old man, and my wife's an old lady. No, I'm an old man, and my wife, she's a little along in years, too. He said, impossible. Mary said, how? God's not afraid of questions, but God doesn't play with doubt. Mary said, How? I don't know a man. I understand this child process and and Joseph and I are engaged. We're not married, so that means there's no sex going on. Amen? Amen. And Mary said, how is this going to happen? Zacharias, here he is and he's saying, I'm an old man. He's a priest serving in the temple of God. He knows the Word of God, which means he knows the father of his faith, Abraham, was an old man too who had a child in his old age. Because he considered not the deadness of his body, but he considered that he who has spoken, Romans 4.21, he who has said he can do it will bring to pass what he's promised. Mary asked this question. Now verse 35 says this, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. And the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Here also, this holy one which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. Mary asked the question, how? Out of curiosity, out of true faith. We're going to see that in verse 38. It really was out of faith, because Gabriel gave her an answer. Zacharias said, impossible. Gabriel, who gave the message to Zacharias as well, said, Okay, I'm going to have to stop that doubt-filled mouth. And I'm going to close it up and not let you speak till this baby comes to pass. Now, with now, this particular instance here, that was John the Baptist coming into the earth. And he'd already been prophesied that he would come and be a forerunner of the gospel and of Christ. So he had to say to Zacharias, I'm about to close up that mouth until John is born. It matters what you say. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, Men's Bible study several months ago, I remember just because it was was a good, truthful statement. But Mr. Bryan, he was talking and he said something. He said, you know what people believe if you just listen to them talk long enough. If you just let them talk long enough, they'll tell you what you believe. It will come out. With Zacharias... Impossible. I'm an old man. Mary, how? Gabriel, the Holy Ghost. God does the impossible in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you you approach the Word of God without that understanding, you say, How can I be holy as God is holy? 1 Peter 1 says it. How can I be holy? How can I be a new creation? How can I be who God says I am? How can I be seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus? How can I walk in health and wholeness in my body? How can I have every need met in abundance? How can I have peace in a world filled with fear? How can I have joy with a, in a world filled of depression? By the Holy Ghost. Romans 4, 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not the things that we consume and are gone and never come back again. The kingdom of God is peace and uh, righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Everything we receive from the fathers by the Holy Ghost. God does what man calls impossible by His power. Zechariah 4, 6, concerning the restoration of Israel and bringing about the third building of the temple, the Spirit of the Lord says through Zechariah to Zerubbabel and the remnant of Israel, He tells them, we're going to rebuild this thing. We're going to rebuild, Israel's going to come back to some of its glory. But not by power of man, not by might or strength or of the flesh of hand, but by my spirit, says the Lord. What is worked in you is a work of the spirit. And Ecclesiastes says it's an eternal thing. When God brings something about, he enforces it with his power. He causes it to produce. That's the miraculous mystery of speaking God's Word, obeying God's Word, and then receiving what God has said is ours. It's not because I can make it happen. You can make it happen. Oh, there's a part we play through faithful obedience. But it's not because I'm producing it. It's not because I'm making it. It's I'm in union and co-laboring with God. And He says, there's someone I can work through. Mary is someone I can work through. And we're going to see why. In just a second, God does the impossible through you, by the work of the Holy Spirit. You know that we hear that verse so many times, but have we stopped to think about that? We know it. For with God, I can do all things. Or excuse me, I can do all things through Christ Jesus, who gives me strength. What does that really mean? I can do all things through Christ Jesus, who gives me the strength. All things. Someone say all things. All things. things. I can do what His Word says I can do. I can have what His Word says I can have. Why? Because I am who His Word says I am. And there's no debate about it. And I receive it by faith. Because He who is in me strengthens me to have it come to pass. It's a work of the Spirit. You know, Paul said that. I was... uh, Looking at, you know, a guy was talking about, uh, put, you know, what I want on my tombstone, Philippians 1 For to live is Christ, but to die is gain. I said, Hey, that's pretty good. Right now, I've got about, you know, 27 statements I told Laura I want on my tombstone. I'm gonna have to have, to have multiple ones. You know, I see these different statements, and I think, wow, that's, that'd be good to encapsulate a life. But you think about that to live is Christ. To die is gain. You've entered into the glories of heaven. But while you're here to live as Christ, as you're treading on this earth, Christ is living through you. Christ is invigorating you with His indomitable Spirit by the power of His Word. He's moving through you. He's enforcing His Word by you, the faith you have to receive it. Look at this. Look at verse 36. And behold the angel talking to Mary, your cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. That confession that Laura and I were continually speaking, I too will have my own child. She would say that. Just like Sarah, old woman. Just like Hannah, womb closed up. Just like Rebecca, womb closed up. I will have my own child from my own womb. Just look, Mary, what I'm telling you that's going to take place, you think that's impossible, let me tell you about something else that I've done that's impossible. Elizabeth, who is in old age, she's had a child and she's six months pregnant. And if you look at that, look at this, this is powerful, verse 36. And this is the sixth month with her, it's the last part of verse 36. Who was called, say it out loud, barren. How would you like to be called that? There's Elizabeth the Baron, The desire of her heart to have a child. Hey, there's Elizabeth the Baron. Have you seen Elizabeth the one without child? Elizabeth's a popular name. I never really thought about that until I was studying this yesterday. Hey, there's Elizabeth. Which one? The one that doesn't have a baby. Elizabeth the Baron. But what man in the world calls you is not your final name. Abram, father. Go a whole lifetime, 99 years. Where's your children? Father. Don't have any. God comes on the scene. I'm going to change your name. He might have thought, that's pretty good because I've been called a father for a long time and I don't have any children. What are you going to change my name to, Lord? Father of many. I don't have any yet. I got Eleazar. He's a good man. He's the closest thing I've got to a son, and he's not mine. You understand. Not born of my flesh. I'm going to change your name, Abraham. That's pretty good because I'm tired of getting called father with no children. Father of many. It doesn't matter what the world calls you. I don't care if someone's called you a loser. I don't care if someone's called you stupid. I don't care if someone said you can't do it. I just really don't care. Why don't you say that out loud? Say, I don't care. I really don't care. Because the people who may say those lies about you have no authority to enforce it in your life. You know, Jesus said it kind of in reverse. He said, don't fear man who can destroy the body. Fear God who can destroy the body and the soul with hellfire. That don't make you want to jump up and shout, I understand. But what God's saying is, don't fear man. You know, it comes right down to this. Either you're going to fear man or you're going to fear God. Psalms 111 says the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. You understand it's not that we're afraid of God, but we reverently come before our Father God because He is true and just and holy and righteous. And if He said it, I believe it. And I won't back down from it. Because I'd rather fear God than fear man because I can't do both. I can't serve two masters. I can't serve the master of what man says. Elizabeth the Baron, and serve God. Elizabeth the mother of John. Thank you very much. I'll just go with what God says. How about you? I'm just going to go with with what God says. See, God gives faith and He builds faith for the impossible. There's two things that that the Lord's doing through the angel here. He tells Mary, I'm going to do something that is impossible for man. How? By the Holy Ghost. All right, now I've told you how, and Mary has asked the question for all of us. Lord, how are you going to do this? How are you going to heal me? By the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. How am I going to walk in provision and prosperity all the days of my life? By the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm I'm just believing that my mind is receiving money-making ideas from God. So I'm, I'm my mother's son. I want my tithe check to become more than what my salary was. And keep on going. Why? Because I love the kingdom of God. And you can love the kingdom of God in many different ways, but that's just one way. I want to give more in a year than I used to make. And I believe, you know, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm coming to that place. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm living in peace. I'm, even when they say I shouldn't live in peace. You, man, don't you see what's going on in the world? Hey, I'm in it, but not of it. I'm here but I'm not born of this thing. God builds faith for the impossible. He does it by giving a testimony in verse 36. He does it by giving a testimony of what He has already done. It's good to see what God's already done. That's why we read the Word. It's good to see what God has already done. Because God doesn't show favoritism. Now look at verse 37. A second way he builds faith for Mary, a second way he's encouraging Mary's faith, to receive what can't be done by man. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. You know, it wasn't the first day that Laura and I began to confess that word that we just boldly said what God's word said about our lives. I told you that at a point, Laura just said, look, even if I didn't even have the organs to produce a baby, I still believe I'd have a child. That didn't happen after one time of saying God's Word, or two, or three, or four. But as you continue to confess the Word of God, it builds a resolve of faith inside of you that you literally think, with God, there ain't no impossibilities. It don't matter what any report says. It doesn't matter what anything says. Naturally, if God said it, I can have it. And God, through His goodness and mercy with Mary, was building her faith to receive what He said was hers. And He's doing the same thing for you. You're full of grace. God's going to do a work in you. He is doing a work in you by the Holy Spirit. And He has given His Word and testimonies of His Worked out word in our lives to build your faith. Genesis eighteen fourteen, Zacharias knew this when he said, "Impossible, I'm too old." Zacharias knew Genesis seventeen seventeen, and he knew Genesis eighteen fourteen. Let me read that for you. It, this is the Lord rep- replying to Sarah in Genesis seventeen seventeen. God tells Abraham, "You're going to have a son," and Abraham laughs. I'm too old. Genesis 18, 14, Sarah has her turn at laughing. And then God replies, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I'm persuaded that nothing is too, not that nothing's too hard for the Lord. I'm persuaded there's nothing even hard for the Lord. Not too hard. Oh, is there anything too hard for God? No, because there's not anything even hard for the Lord. It's all easy. The only thing easy and hard is in this mind. If it's not renewed, and we daily do that, amen. The only question of is that too hard? Is that too can God do that? That only is in here. We gotta pluck it out by faith, by the word of God. Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible. If you're relying just on yourself or someone else born of this earth, impossible. But with God all things are possible. Mark 10, 27, Jesus looking unto them saith, When with men it is impossible, again He says it, with men it can't be done. But not with God. Someone say, not with God. God. But not with God. For with God all things are possible. This time of Christmas and remembering of what God did through Mary is a something that should remind us that nothing's impossible with God. Every time you see that little picture of a manger scene, just think in your heart, <laughs> nothing's impossible with God. It wasn't impossible 2,000 years ago when Christ our Savior was born of a virgin and anything I'm believing according to God's Word, it ain't po- it's not impossible now. It's complete. I call it done. I call it done by the Word of God. God will build your faith for the impossible through His Word. Now, the last thing I want you to see here as we bring it to a close. Look at verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. This is Mary speaking to this angel. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Lord, I'm yours. Lord, I'm your servant. That's what handmaid means. Lord, you say it, I'll do it. You say go, I'll go. You say, stay here, I'll stay here. Rise, rise. Fall, fall. Lord, I'm your servant. Command me. If you say it, I believe it. You command it, I'll do it. You say yes, I say yes. You say no, I say no. That's simple faith. That's the God kind of faith, though. God says it. That's it. I receive it. Be it unto me according to your word. Not, I hear what you're saying, Gabriel. Gabriel. I really do. And you look really magnificent because here you are, a messenger of heaven. I wasn't even expecting to hear this message today. But I just don't think it'll take take place. How can I, in my limited understanding, say what God has said will not come to pass in my life? I don't even begin to know one tiniest bit of what God can do in every every which way I like that word, every which way it don't matter. How? You don't have to ask. Mary asked how. We know how, though, by the power of the Holy Spirit. God told Joshua, don't go and attack the walls, walk around them. Once a day, quietly. On the seventh day, seven times. And then the last time, get a little Pentecostal, a little charismatic, and start jumping and shout. Blow some horns. Blow some horns we got Blake mic'd up. He's unstoppable now. He's got a mic on the stage now. Blow some horns. And then what, Lord? Walls will fall. You want me to push them and help you, Lord? I don't need your help. You just shout and jump. You just walk. I'll push the walls down. You obey in faith and I'll do the wall pushing. God does the impossible as we respond in faith. God does in our life what man says can't be done when we simply yield and respond in faith. Amen. Seems like a long year, doesn't it? But I tell you what, the year 2020 has been the best year of my life. But I say this because in January of this year, I think it was the first service of January. It could have been the last one in December. I had the privilege of ministering. I count it a privilege when I get to speak on behalf of the Lord through, by His Spirit, with His Word... And I remember receiving a prophetic utterance simply saying, Yield and obey. And that's been a word that has carried me through my entire year this year. Amen. The Lord said, Things which cannot be done with man will easily come to pass if you'll just yield and obey. Amen. And I've rehearsed those three words. yield and Obey is one, yeah. Yield and obey. Four syllables, three words in my prayer over and over, yield and obey, yield and obey, yield and obey. God will respond to your faith and do which no one can do in your life. At your believing, God acts. And I simply believe that at verse 38, when Mary said, Be it unto me according to your word, the seed was conceived by the Holy Spirit in her womb. Because that work was done by God. No man had to come take a part in that. When she said, Lord, according to Your Word, life came came about in her womb. How do we know this? You keep reading. She goes to visit Elizabeth, the barren one, who's now Elizabeth, mother of John, praise God. And what does Elizabeth say? My baby just leaped. Because the Spirit of God's on you, and that which the prophets have spoken of has taken place in your life, that my baby just leaped because when you came up, the anointing of God was on you. Someone's baby is going to leap again. Something you thought wasn't going to come to pass will leap again. There's no too late with God. Well, I don't know if I ever could do that. No, 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 no. Have you considered God? And so, Laura and I, we continually confess that word. And look, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to honor, honor my wife. You understand? You know, it's not a light thing to share personal things. But when I got a call from my wife and she said I lost the baby, lost the first one, I'm an hour from home working, said we lost him, we didn't know it was him, we lost the baby AJ." You understand? God operates at whatever level of your faith you're at. Me, you, anyone else. I would have liked to have thought I could have commanded the baby to come back to life. But all I needed to do was just worship the Lord. Not because He had taken our first child. God's not a murderer. Life begins at conception. God loves you from the womb to the tomb. Amen. I don't care what governor, mayor, senator, congressperson, president, I don't care what any person who thinks they have some authority, which is only given by God, Romans 13, to use for righteousness. If they want to use it for wickedness and say, well, you know what, we're going we're to do everything we can. Now hear me out here. Don't, don't be upset with me. We're going to do everything we can to prevent this virus from hurting people, but if they're in the womb, slay them. God have mercy on their souls. But all I knew to do was simply say, Lord, you're good. I love you. I could have had the opportunity to say, Lord, Why? But I knew it wasn't His hand. I said, God, You're good. And for an hour, by myself, I wasn't by myself, the Lord's with you. Fear not, the Lord's with you. You found favor with God. I wasn't by myself, I was with God. And for an hour, by myself, hearing those words over and over again in my head, I said, Lord, You're good. I believe Your Word. I believe Your Word. I believe You're true. I believe children are our portion. I believe I can have what the Word of God says I can have. She's back there. You know what? Satan may try to steal something from your life. And sometimes he may just get by with it. Because he is a thief. He steals, he kills, and he destroys. But I know that the God whom I serve has come to give life and give it abundantly. And I'm not going to consider... My past. I'm not going to consider, like Abraham, I'm not going to consider the deadness of my body. He did not consider the deadness of his body. He considered only the Word of God. And being fully persuaded that he, what he had promised, what God had promised, God was able also to perform. If there's anything we can take away from this, in this very, very close, well-known Christmas story, we call it Christmas story, you know, of Mary is this, there ain't nothing impossible with God. God said it, He's going to do it. God responds to your faith. God doesn't play favorites. Everyone stands equally before the foot of the cross. He sent Christ. If you receive Him, you're full of grace. And the power of the Holy Ghost is working in your life and that which what Satan has tried to steal or may have stolen, or that which the world says can't be done, God says, it's all easy for me. With me, there's only new beginnings. With me, there's life. With me, there's peace. With me, there's joy. I'm going to stick with Jesus. Amen? Stand up with me on your feet today as we go before the Lord to close in prayer. Holy Heavenly Father, we come before You, God, and I thank You for Your tender mercies. I thank You for Your grace that fills our lives, Father God. And I thank You for Your love You've shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Truly, Father, every one of us stand here in this sanctuary, in this house of prayer, in this house of worship, because You have saved us, Father God. Oh, we believe You, Father, but the work You've done in us is a work of Your Spirit. And Lord... When others say, do you dare believe? We say, Father, we only believe. We take hold of Your Word, for Your Word is Your heart and Your will. And we join in with Christ Jesus. Even Let it be done in earth as it is in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no death in heaven. There's no lack and poverty in heaven. There's no backbiting and anger in heaven. There's no fear and anxieties and depressions in heaven. No broken relationships in heaven. So we say, Lord, let Your Word be fulfilled in our life. For we truly believe, we're fully persuaded that You who have spoken Your Word, You'll bring it to pass. In fact, church, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I receive Your Word by Your Holy Spirit. Work in me, Your Word, by the Holy Spirit. I receive it. By faith, there is nothing impossible with You. With You, all things are possible. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, shout Amen to the heavens. Amen. 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 God bless you. Love you. Praise the Lord.